getting requests. <laughs> all right. Hello, everyone. Paul, nice to see you all. Thanks for coming. And, uh, I've gotten a request from uh, a lovely lady from Iowa tonight about the wave and the ocean thing. Yeah, so a lot of us, like here, a lot of us, this is sort of like we're all in a sense, seemingly waves coming to hear about the ocean in some respects, yes? So it sounds like a good idea. Maybe you're sort of a dry wave. You know, sort of look like little parchment and a little dry. And you like to get a little wet, so you figure if I could have an experience of the ocean, I would get a little wet. And if I could have a constant experience of the ocean, then that would cause me to feel like I was wet. Yeah, sounds great. And most people will then present all these wonderful attributes about the ocean and how wonderful it would be to dive in and it would be one of your peak experiences if you just got a glimpse of the ocean. If you even got close to the ocean and could hear it roaring, it would be like this, the echo of your primordial sense of who you are, all like this. But the point is, it's not the ocean whatsoever, it's the wave, yeah? That's where to look, because if you're not a wave, what are you? You know, that ocean, yes? And it doesn't take any time to change from a wave to become an ocean. Obviously, because it's inherently an ocean, yes? The wave is just an idea that the ocean has tended to start to believe in, let's say. And so now the ocean is masquerading or appearing as a wave. But it doesn't lose any of its oceanness, no matter how much it thinks it's a wave, yeah? It's inherently the ocean. So to me, it's not about studying the ocean or learning more about the ocean or writing beautiful poems of the ocean. That's fine. Because if you're hearing all those poems as a wave, it defeats the whole point. Yeah, Because the best you can ever imagine is that you'd have an experience of the ocean. Because the wave is, is taken to be you. It's a solid reality in your mind. I'm a wave. And I want to have an experience of the ocean. So actually pursuing the ocean could just reinforce the idea of being the wave. Yeah? What would happen if you're all your interest and attention would just turn and look at the possibility you may not be a wave? If you entertain you're not a wave, what happens? You don't have to become the ocean. Yeah? It's a recognition I'm not a wave, that's the ocean. Yeah? And so the, the noble or the strong longing to be wet, you'll see that there was never a possibility of ever being dry. Yeah? It's so much better than trying to become wet is to realize you can never be dry. It's much faster. If you try to be wet, it's going to take time. Yeah? And you'll probably have to do something. But if you realize you've never been dry, it takes absolutely no time. And there's no process involved. Yes? Just a simple entertaining and invitation. Now for me, when I was running around out here as an action figure, I was really working hard at trying to have experiences of oceans, and I did. I had a lot of experience of the ocean. I did. I had some long experience of the ocean where I really thought I was the ocean. <laughs> Little did I know there was a set of sense of being a wave deep down there that overrode, overrode any idea of experiencing I was the ocean. Yes? So, <laughs> for me, I had to hear it from someone else. It didn't come through grace, maybe through grace, but it came through another person. 
I couldn't get the information in the system I was taking myself to be. I had to hear it from someone outside. And someone outside did, let's say, for me what I hope we're doing for each other here, is they offered me to, to uh, entertain a possibility that I may not be that. Yeah? So instead of looking for another technique of meditation, they just asked, well, who's the meditator? Just see who is it that has to find another form of meditation. Why is it so important that you get somewhere from. Why is liberation so important to you? Yeah? Because the whole point is, in the sense that really the freedom here is a freedom from the need to be liberated. That's the whole point. There's no way you could ever be liberated because you cannot be bound. Yeah? You can only be bound as a thing. Yeah? When you bind something to something else, there are two things. Yeah? When, you're, when you're bonded to something, there must be a thing and another thing to be bonded to each other, yes? And there must be a glue to produce that bond. But if you're a no-thing, there's no bonding at all to another thing, so there's no need to be unbound. Yeah, it's just much quicker, much faster. It's so fast, it takes no time. Because there's nothing you need to do, truly. There is absolutely nothing you need to do. So, for me, the whole point isn't that you don't know enough about the ocean, or you don't have a love of the ocean, or you're not devoted enough to the ocean, but all those activities are being held as a wave is doing it, yeah? And the thing is, if you're not a wave, all that other, all the distance and all the closeness and farness to the ocean is all blown, blown away, because it's all based on you being a wave, yeah? Your whole relationship to life is based on you being that way. Why, why would you want to try to change your relationship if this, what's your focus point, your reference point, doesn't change? It doesn't matter how many uniforms you put on. You know, addict, spiritual saint, neither of them. They're both bonding agents. Yeah. So here, we sit here, we ask you a simple question, really. Now, which begets which? Does... Does the seer beget the seeing, or does the seeing beget the seer? I hope I'm using the right word, beget. I like that word. Stone it in there. Yes? So does the seer beget the seeing? Cause, yes? Or does the seeing cause the seer? <laughs> well, that's exactly what it's meant to do, is just start your head thinking. But what is it? So, is the seer... See, if there's a sense of a seer, yes, then there's a sense of, being, of doing the seeing, yeah? So seeing becomes a verb that the seer is doing, yes? That's not really off. I mean, that's not really on, yeah? And so, and the seeing doesn't beget the seer. The seeing, noticed by the mental process, right? The mental process reacts to the seeing, and it, it immediately has that seeing imply a seer, because he can't think of a verb without a noun. Yeah? So, seeing can't be noticed as just seeing. There has to be a seer behind it. Just like in this world here, people, if you're not doing it, and I'm not doing it, then God's doing it. 
there's always a noun. Something's doing it. Instead of just seeing the doing. Yeah? Or like Lord Buddha says, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. That's beautifully simple. But the mental reaction to the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is to imply that there's a seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. So it, it, it inserts a noun, yeah? And therefore it makes all there is is consciousness a verb of unconscious or not conscious, yeah? You see? Something that's always so now becomes a verb you do or don't do. And usually based on what you do or don't do. So sometimes your sense of being conscious is what is, comes about by you doing something, like meditating or doing qigong. So, all right, I'm do, I've been really living a disciplined life and I'm more conscious than I was before. Yeah? But this news is that all there is is consciousness, yes? which no doing is going to illuminate, nor no doing is going to subtract from. So here's consciousness. And then when the mind's reaction to it, yes, claims it, consciousness becomes a verb or, or an attribute that you get from doing something, and so you are either conscious or unconscious here, aren't you? Doesn't that how it feels during the day a lot of the time? You're conscious, and then sometimes if you don't do what you call the right thing, you're unconscious. And then if you do the right thing, you feel conscious again. But could you imagine just entertaining all there is is consciousness? It takes, it takes that state, instead of made into a, a product of your doing and having, it's, it's a causeless condition. And it has nothing to do with you. That's why it's always available at all times. If something has something to do with you, it tends not to be that frequent. Yeah? Because you have to do what you believe you need to do to bring it about. And what happens is, if you believe you did something to bring it about, you will believe you, did, you don't do something that won't bring it about. Yes? So something that's always so becomes either frequent or infrequent based on you. Just like the idea of knowing God. Who says, you're, how, who says how good you're doing in your knowing God? You do. It's your head that tells you how far you are and how close you are. That, to me, is the bigger form of playing God. Mind and selfing is playing God with God. Who informs you? I'm telling you. You can have the greatest master of all time. It's always nice when they're dead. It makes it easier for us. But let's say they appeared right there. The person you loved the most. Your whole, you know, had, ever since you were 12, you've had authors with him as her picture on there, whatever. And they came in and they looked at you right in the face and said, listen, bro, there's nothing you needed ever to do. There's nothing you'll, nev you'll need to do. And you'll never have to do anything. You're totally okay. And maybe a great relief would wash over you for a few hours. You'd probably go home and sit on your little pillow and meditate again. <laughs> I would take the comfort. <laughs> Whatever. See, it's pushed the button already. <laughs> I know, I know. I know, it's great. I'm just touching something else. See it. I'm not saying it's true or not. See it. I believe your head is the biggest authority of all. And that's the act of playing God. What bigger mean it gives meaning to everything. What's the biggest meaning it could ever give to something? It gave this thing, this object, the meaning of being you. You can't beat that. This being you is bigger than God, I'm telling you. Because this is what thinks it knows God, or it thinks it doesn't know God. Yeah. 
It's really like in a, you know, we're in a special somewhere, like a gated community, and we make everywhere a commodity that we can bring into the gated community. <laughs> but obviously, any special somewhere would be have to be have to be appearing in everywhere. Yeah. So there is no special somewhere. And so where would you need to go to enter everywhere? Where? Where do you start? When do you know it, when when do you know you've arrived at everywhere? <laughs> That's why it's hard to recognize because there's no need to play God about it. There's no mind telling you, yes, you've practiced all the secret tantra practices. You you've gone over Ganesh 108 times. You've done everything. You've crossed the river and to the valleys and you're, you've gotten the goal. Yeah? But if there's nothing to do, the mind has no story about it. It has no value in it whatsoever. Because the solution starts before you. It's not starts does not start after you where you can do something to get to it. It starts before you. It totally negates the idea of being a you. And if the you tries to turn around and embrace it, it's a timeless solution. Timelessness. It doesn't take any time to come about. That's why we're missing it. Because we're waiting for something to show up in our lives. A lot of us sit here and we wait for ourselves to get it. There's no getting of this message. None. No getting of the message ever by you. The whole point is, is to entertain you're not that. When you entertain you're not that, and the mind comes out of this yogic posture of self-centeredness, when it opens up, something will be obvious to it. Yeah? I'm not that. I'm not the, what I was taking myself to be. Yeah? Then all a new whole new set of possibility arises. In a way, it's like in the Zen, they go, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is the mountain. So first, yeah, there seems to be a Paul. Yes? Then, you realize there is no Paul. But then, a Paul appears. But now, the Paul that appears now is a traveling a lot lighter than, let's say, the first Paul that was taken to be a mountain. Yeah? <laughs> when it was seen not to be the mountain, oh, there is no Paul, and then, quote-unquote, Paul seemingly continues. But now, this new model of Paul, it's sort of like the sense of I am, that feeling of I am Paul, if you would just take the Paul out, is the exact feeling you travel as. Let's say the feeling of I amness, yeah? You sense that. It's not I am Paul, which, see, here's the I amness, if you want to call it that, conscious contact, yeah? I amness, conscious contact. So there it is. And it's here. And then the head has claimed it as something it's doing. Yes? So we're at this position. We're going to question this position. When this position collapses, then you see all there is is the verbing. Yeah? And then, in an appearance, there seems to be a noun again. But now, the noun isn't you. Yeah? The noun is seen as an extenuation of the verbing, of selfing. That's all. Instead of, first there is Paul, then there is no Paul, and there's never going to be a Paul. No. 
Paul pops up again, travels wider, in time and space. Yeah? First there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is the mountain again. It's almost like your energy gets re... It's, the wiring gets shifted, and then the wiring is just sort of allowed to take its own sort of natural thing, and then everything fires up, and you're seemingly living, and you're having experiences with this as the interface, and yet there's not an identification with the interface. Yeah? So there's a huge amount of traveling lighter through the interface's connections, because the mental reaction of claiming and giving tons of meaning to things has been somewhat dismissed. Yeah? to a you, but it doesn't come and go. But to a you, it's definitely going to come and go. How could it not? To a me, how could it not? Me is like, here's the seesaw of duality. Me is the thing that's causing it to go this way. Yes? So, you feel connected and disconnected. You think these are two contrary experiences. They're totally based on a self. Only to a self is disconnected, connected, a quote-unquote reality. Only to a singularity that's not singular. Yes? When a pseudo-object becomes the singularity or the subjectivity, then it is totally thrown into a dualistic expression. Yes? So now I'm connected, usually by what I did or didn't do, and or I'm disconnected by what I do and don't do. So the selfing, in a sense, plays God, and you're living the seesaw. Yeah, and you want to you want to have it always be on this end, but you can't have a one-sided coin. No matter how many times you cut a coin, it's going to be two sides here. You can't escape as a self. You can't escape from the dualistic notion. There's no freaking way. That's how the conditioned mind works. It works in a dualistic binary system. It's not like seeing. It's ting 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 ting, and the center point is self. I feel good, I feel bad. So you want to fight this movement instead of looking at what's holding it together, which is the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Taking an object to be the subject casts everything else into an objective role. Yeah? Enlightenment now becomes an object to you. That's why no one's having any enlightenment. How can you have enlightenment as an object, as you as the subject? Yeah, that's exactly right. So instead of trying to, if the subject stays in place, and you try to make enlightenment a non-object, that's another object. It's another conceptual object called a non-object. It can't, you can't escape the system as an expression of the system. You can't escape self-centeredness as a self. It's impossible. You can't, a product of the system can't leave the system. It can't appear anywhere else. Yes? <laughs> so, here, this is how the mind works. Yes? Shoot. Yes, no, high, low, male, female, good, bad, da, 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 either, or. Like a binary system. But the system is held with this one fixed point. The fixed reference point determines this. 
The fixed reference point gives this the reality it seems to have. If you try to fight that, if you try to, let's say, stop seeking and become a non-seeker, that's still an object. Yeah? They're seeking, oh, that's not good anymore in certain circles. Now it's non-seeking. That's still a fucking conceptual object. It's neither of those. Neither seeking or non-seeking. Neither self nor non-self. But here, it's got to be, all right, I was totally in selfing, and now, of course it's going to swing into non-selfing sooner or later. Just like people who have alcoholism, many of them swing into recovery. It's just a giant dualistic movement or a tide, like the ocean, low and high tide. One's life is just a movement from one end to, to another extreme, to another degree, to another degree. Yes? So you're good, and then you're bad. Yes, do and it's on and on. But the whole, what gives this relevance is the singularity of this. This object, taking itself to be the subject, casts everything else into an objective role. So it thinks about things, and it thinks it knows things because it has a concept about them. So people have a concept of enlightenment, and it's fucking with them. Just like with awakening and everything. And especially if someone shares and they give you their great event, the mind sitting there is definitely going to make it how it gets exiled from the possibility of being where they are. Because that hasn't happened to me. You see? You hear it, you get a little note, oh, someone woke up at that at, uh, Kmart, you know, and it was a 50% off sale. So you're looking in the paper every day, I'm going to go to Kmart every 50% off sale. And they were in aisle four looking at mattresses. I'll be at the mattress thing. I'm just going to do what they did, and then I can hopefully, if the same thing will happen to me, it's fucking crazy, isn't it? Nothing ever happened to anybody here. It's just, if this is not the subject, yes, then the sense of seeing will be held just as that. There won't be the insertion of a noun, yes? They'll be seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then the emphasis on who's seeing it, who's the seer, and what's being seen diminishes. And the emphasis on the seeing gets, uh, let's say, amplified. Yeah. What happens with music sometimes where I totally disappear? There's nothing but the music. It's like I become the music. So the music, that's all there is. Well, you know, in a way, you could say, actually, you never disappeared. That's the appearance of you, is the absence of this. What you are is truly the absence of the idea of being a self. So when you're out of yourself, that's the best you ever feel. Because you're actually feeling, if you want to call it you, that would be the true you, in a sense, is the absence of self. The unfortunate situation, though is if there's an absence of self, like an epiphany or anything, the head will rise up and claim it as an experience you had. So you'll say, oh, I had this incredible epiphany. And then you miss the whole point, because the selfing will claim its own absence. You better believe it. It's doing it all day. <laughs> That's what it's doing. It's claiming its own absence all day. <laughs> so used to it, we're out to lunch, you know, <laughs> really. <laughs> I wish I was there. The best day of my life, I wasn't there. 
it's so great, isn't it? It's like they tell you it's a great party, but every time you get there, it sucks, you know? <laughs> it's when you're absent, then you sense the presence. And the presence, to me, really, if you want to equate it to satisfaction, the lack of awareness of that presence produces the dissatisfaction. And really, the only thing that will work with that dissatisfaction is satisfaction in a dualistic situation. Yeah. Once you sense the satisfaction, a lot of things will change. Yeah. You'll find out what they are. They'll be surprising to your head, for sure. Because the things that you would never have thought of, getting let go of, get let go, and the things that was thinking you really needed, you see, there's no point at all. You get economized and pared down. You just lose interest in self, and therefore you lose interest in the need to be liberated. And that's the liberation in a sense. <laughs> it's weird, but it's really the liberation is to give up the fucking... <laughs> yeah. It's really... It's a really joke. Because you realize, in a sense, mind has no intention of ever being free. <laughs> it doesn't want to be free. It wants to want to be free. Because it causes a lot of pain, doesn't it? When you feel like you're bound, at this moment, it causes pain. And what actually amplifies the pain is the wanting to be free, isn't it? Sometimes the wanting to be free amplifies the feeling of being bound. Yeah? So you say, okay, I'm going to follow that dream of becoming free, but it's actually a form of bonding you to the idea that you're bound. Yeah. If you're not that which is bound, where is there any need to be free? That's the, really the freedom. Is there's no need to be free. Now, all my life in this world, I've wanted to transcend this place. Every fucking thing I did since I was young reading and science fiction and horror, Edgar Allan Poe, and then drugs and alcohol, and then recovery, and then spirituality. All this stuff was a way of trying to get out of here. You can't get out of an imaginary place. <laughs> Fuck. There's no escape, you know? Every door that says exit, you go through it thinking you're outside. It's just another form of being in. like being in a mobile prison in a way, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> so that's what's cool when you realize, Jesus, how many exits have you tried already? I know people in this life that say they've been enlightened three times. It's fucking, how many times is it going to take? <laughs> well, hopefully the, I thought the third one would be the charm, you know? But obviously not yet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> total interest in the whole thing is really, it's a byproduct that something has occurred really in you. Something really valuable that doesn't look like you thought it was going to look. But something really valuable has occurred, or it's not, it's occurring, it's sort of taking expression in you. You're just relieved of all that burden of wanting to know and seeking and all like that. Yeah? 
you realize wanting to know is like a big booby prize. It's really just when that sense of wanting to know, which is a form of mental security, that's all it is. Yeah? It's a sickness, really. It's like trying to play God and control. When you realize that thing is a failed system, and then you start opening up with, like Zen, they would say, the I don't know mind, then you have to find out about life because you don't know. Yeah? It's so cool. A lady in the back here roaming around. I left the front door open. <laughs> I got some strange people coming in here. Oops, I forgot. So this is just a simple invitation, and it's not a draft or a conscription. Yeah, because what hears it is the whole point. It's like that idea. Someone wrote me an, an email about well. I heard of you do with that sheep and lion, so you're a lion. In fact, you're not a lion. It's just a way of expressing something. But the whole point is, is the message, you're, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And you hear it, right? You're a lion, you're a lion. But as soon as it hits the sheep ears, it's, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. So it's not important, really, getting clear on the message. It's important to get clear on the ears that are hearing the message. Because if there's a sense of you that thinks it's hearing the message that's going to totally abort the message's point, yes? It's going to neuter it, yes? It's going to be something to do once again, something that you want to have once again, something that you're going to have to learn to sort of, how do I approach it? And all of that is put back into the same format of doing and having, and it gets lost there, yeah? Because it's not a solution in time. It's a timeless solution. It doesn't take any time for it to manifest, Yes? It takes time, maybe, in a life to express itself to, but it doesn't take any time to manifest because it's unmanifested. It's always so. It's like the feeling, you know, like gravity, really? Gravity. How many people today were at any place and people were complaining about the effects of gravity? Not one, I bet you. Did you go to a cafe today have a coffee? Did you hear anyone saying, gravity was really heavy on my shoulder today? Really, it's been heavy. This, this is a bad gravity month, what's happening. It must be much lighter here in San Francisco. Getting very heavy. Not one person, because on the physicality, it's 24 hours. Yes? It never lets up, so you don't even know it. Yeah? What's always so is never recognized. It, you only know about gravity by its absence, yeah? If you took a... If there was a sense of being, if you went into an anti-gravity chamber, then you would know what gravity felt like, wouldn't you? Yes, 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 yes. That's the whole point. When, when there's a sense of, I'm not that, the sense of being Paul, when that absence is entertained, then you sense the presence of what that absence entails, yeah? The absence of Paul is actually the presence that most people are trying to have an experience of. But you can't have an experience of what is becomes obvious when you're absent. Yeah. It's such a nice message to me. Then you hear, well, I've got to do something to be absent. No, that would be your presence again. Yes? And then you will try to say it another way, but it's your presence again. And it's your presence again. No, this is a very clear message. The absence of self is the presence. Yeah? Well, how am I going to get it? You can't. 
Because you getting it would be the presence of self. And in the case of the presence of self, the presence seems absent. Yeah? You may want it, you may want to learn about it, but there's never a real getting it. Yeah? But when the absence of self, there's the presence. And what I'm saying is, the absence of self is the constant state. It's not an event that comes about. It's the constant state. There has never been the presence of self. So the presence is always available at all times. Not to you. To you, it would it would it could not be available all the time because that would totally blow your story about being you out of the water. Yes? So for you to seem to be consistent, what's always so has to become infrequent, yeah? Turn into an experience. How could you live with that? If the presence was obvious, you, your, the whole story of the mind would be blown out of the water. Yeah? It's, be, it's beholden to the mind to do whatever it can to make that presence seem absent so that you can seem present. So it can make a credible, noble journey of eons of living to get to that spiritual Mount Olympus of presence as long as you're present in the pursuit of it. Yeah? But the whole point is, you're inherently absent. And this Mount Olympus is right where you are at all times. But not for you. So then, if this, become, if this starts being entertained, then the whole idea of being close and far is blown out of the water. The whole idea of being connected or disconnected, based on your great, you know, authoritarian Greek oracle up there, is just totally blown out of the water. So whatever the mind brings up, yeah, there's an immunity to, just by the revelation of its absence. Yeah? What it's talking from and what it's talking about and what it's talking around is not so. It's like we did the other day with the water. There's that stream of water and there's currents in the water. That's conscious contact, beings happening, manifestation, energies manifesting, whatever we want to say it. Okay? And then, all right, the mind's going to get a rock, make up a rock, and it's going to put it in the water. As soon as it puts it in the water, what happens to the currents in the water? Some of them start circulating around the rock, yeah? So the verbing, the being, the manifestation starts forming currents around the rock, and then things that are manifesting get drawn into this orbit, like leaves, and they start building up around this stationary point, yes? So the current now seems like it's happening to you, and things are coming into your life and out of your life. And this whole story about manifestation from your point of view is that life now is not just happening, it's happening to me. Yeah? Total perfect self-centeredness. 
And so now you want to, maybe you don't want, you want to change the currents, but you can't change the currents because they're reacting to the rock, yes? If the rock is taken out, what happens to the currents? They immediately change. Yeah? They're not swirling around the imaginary rock. They're only swirling around the rock when it seemed to be real, yes? It's like that helicopter thing. When the blade's going super fast, which is like the mind cell thing, it, it almost looks like there's one solid object. Have you ever noticed that? You see it? It's, it's just like one, it's like the blade's not even moving anymore. Just because it's going so fast. That's what it's like. The mental process is producing an optical illusion and the mind reflects it and becomes identified. That's me. Yeah? But it's produced by a mental activity. And if it is an activity, it is, if it is a verb, it can be startled into submission. Yes? That's why I like the, the, the websites and bitch slap. That's what it implies to me. Yeah? It can, when, when the verb of selfie gets startled into submission, what occurs is something is continuing when you stop. When the sense of this activity that you call you stops, there's something else that continues. And that is a major shift in your mind when it notices that. When it notices what was taken to be you stops, something still continues. Yeah? It's like a pause. It's like whatever you want to call it. A moment of grace or a moment of clarity. They're like stoppages of the verbing. And in that stop, there's something that continues. That's the presence. Yes? doesn't continue, it never started, but it's always there. When you seem to stop, something's there. When you seem to stop, which would imply your absence, there's a presence. Emphasis moves from the object that's appearing to what it's appearing in. Yeah. Interest and attention isn't about bonding and wedding and amplifying the importance of being a self. And it shifts back into, from its own source, which is the source of interest and attention, let's say awareness, yes? The emphasis shifts over there, and then what happens to you here as an action figure is you travel later. It may not change the destiny of your action figure, you may get sick or you may not, but the whole thing, there'll be a traveling later. Mind will be able to enjoy peace of mind, yes? You'll be able to outshine circumstances and situations because you do outshine circumstances and situations. It's not any endeavor or something that you achieve. It's just the basic state. Yeah. Because once you're gone as a self, then the modality of what the self does here, which is does and has, gets dismissed. So now, solution is timeless, not based on time, and not based on you. So it's always available at all times. Or you can say it's never available at, ne at never time. Yeah? It doesn't matter what you say because it's out of this place. So you'll know the tree by the fruit, like they said. You can't know the tree. You'll never know the tree. know the tree by the fruit. And then you'll recognize basically you're a fruit.
it's just a subjective view, isn't it? Something that's good to someone is bad to you. Something that's bad to you is good to someone. Everything is given meaning from this point of view, self. Like in the Course, it would say, you and I are inherently awake, but we're, we're dreaming this dream, and we forgot we're the dreamer, and we give in everything we dreamt the power to affect us. Isn't that a good idea, you know, statement about what your life seems to be like? Yeah? We're the dreamer of the dream, but we forgot we're dreaming, and we've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. As what? As an object. Yes? It's very difficult to get over a fear of a dreamt tiger if you're a dreamt object. If you're in close vicinity to that dreamt tiger, I don't care how many books you read, the tiger doesn't really want to hurt you. <laughs> no, be nice to tigers. They'll be nice to you. There'll always be a little strong suspicion this thing's going to rip my throat out. Yeah. What's the solution to a dreamt tiger? Waking up. If you realize it's a dreamt tiger, do you have any anxiety around it? No, it's immediately dismissed. But as a dreamt object, you can do all the work you want. You'll probably still have a huge fear about that tiger. Yeah. You can't escape it. How can you get freedom from a dream if you're the dreamt object? And you're taking yourself to be the dreamt object. How are you going to get an absolute freedom from this place? It's impossible. <laughs> the only freedom is waking up from the dream. We're saying it's already you've already done that in a sense. It's not a doing. It's already so. Yeah, you've never been the dreamt object. So there's not even a step of having to wake up from the dream. Answered your own question. Then. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yourself. <laughs> this whole point I'm attempting to point out, though, is I know it's just the language, but you see how when we speak about something, it always there's the implication that you're the doer somehow of whatever is happening. Yeah. And we're just hoping to keep bringing it back to the point that. Prior to that, instead of in that mix, uh, the sense of, 
what do I do when, the, when I, I have an experience of the presence? That's, that, to me, is like the trance setting of the mind. See? How it sits, sets us up as a noun presented with an experience that maybe we like and now we want to have more of it. Yeah? So now I want to learn how I can not do anything to allow it to stay, which is just another form of doing it. Yeah? I'm just questioning that whole system of mind, the language, the conceptual language that's constantly playing K-Paul, let's say, like the radio station. Yes? Don't you hear thoughts in a sense? They sound like you, but the you only comes from being identified with this body because it's these vocal cords. How the hell does, do we jump from the sound of these vocal cords to my voice? It's a pretty big leap, isn't it? I'm hearing thoughts, and they sound like from this vocal cords. But in my head, it's held as it's my voice. You see the act of being identified? That's the real ongoing activity of selfing, yes? The constant act of being identified, claiming and identifying, claiming and identifying. Every verb is a, a noun put in it, sliced in there. And so a story is told about an uninterrupted manifestation as if it's an event that's happening to a you. And it's very difficult to get out of the system with the system. Yeah, it's very difficult. What I'm saying, in a way, what would happen is if, let's not look at all the nouns, just look at the one noun that everything seems to be happening to. If that's not the case, how is life observed? It's a verb. Yeah, It's freaking verbing. It's... There's no noun to be found if you look. If you're looking, if, you, if the seeing is obvious, there's absolutely no seer and no seen. There's just seeing. The mind confronted with that constructs a thing of a seer and seen. That's all it's doing. But that's seen also, yeah. And every time it presents its take, there's a scene prior to that. The take that's presented never arises before the scene, yeah. The state or the product making of the system never plants before the seeing. The content never gets beyond the context. Yes? So there's always seeing. No matter how far back you go, you never go past the seeing. No matter how far back, if you do your greatest investigation of you here, there's never going to be a you prior to the seeing. There's, the only way there's a sense of you is that it's being seen. Without it being seen, there'd be no sense of you. So the you, the sense of being you is never going to go prior to the seeing. Yeah? So, alright, let's say here. So there's the you, but it's taken to be the noun who's doing the seeing. Okay? We're just flipping it. So now there's the seeing, and then there's a you, which I call selfing. Okay? Now watch. If you go this far, did the selfing ever get behind the seeing. The seeing is what the mind's reaction to implies a seer. That's what it is. The seeing brings about the mental interpretation of a seer. Yeah? So here, you take, let's say in, in a space, you went four miles, and in those four miles, you never got behind the seeing. It was never you seeing. Yeah? You never became the noun that was doing the verb of seeing. 
Why do you need to go 800 miles? The principle has been revealed. Yeah? You can get it in one second. You can go one inch. You are never going to be prior to the scene. Never. Ever. Yeah? You is a mental process that's being seen. Yeah? It's never going to go behind the scene and become the seer. So, you can get it in one second. You can take it, it may take you 30 years. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because when it's entertained, no time had anything to do with it. So you never missed anything. You never were longing for anything. There was never a you that was missing the bus. Yeah? So, but in one second, the same principle is shown. No matter how far back you go, you never get prior to the scene. So what are you? You're an object to seeing. Seeing is the subject. Seeing is the subject. You are an object. Yes? That object never becomes a subject and claims the verb of seeing as something I'm doing. That's freaking insanity. See it. Yeah? So here, one second, when I go, okay, where am I? I'm only something being seen, really. <laughs> the whole feeling of being Paul is being brought to you by seeing. All right, well, I'm going to get behind that. I'm going to be the one who sees. Give me a break. When? Show me. Show me. One second, 800 years. You'll never get behind it. There is no seer. It's a mental interpretation of seeing. All right, seeing. I'm the seer and I'm seeing you as an object. This is where life starts from. I'm going to turn, I'm going to take the whole expression of consciousness here, being in contact, I'm going to claim it as a verb I do. Ooh, let's see if I can pull this off. Ooh. And I'm just going to tell a story every day about me. What it's like to be me in this world. And what it's like about to be you. And I'm just going to write reams and reams of mental stories about me. Yeah? And I'm going to be so special. And I'm going to be so right. Yeah? You take it like this, really. Here's the sense of being you. Yeah? It's there. It never, will never switch. No matter how much you go into it, no matter how much obsession you get, no matter how real you take it to be, it never goes there. Never. The seeing, 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 seeing. All there is is seeing. This is content which is being seen. This is a con this is an object in content. It is not the activity of context. I am not seeing as a body. I am not seeing as a body. no object to see. Objects are what's seen. You've seen dead bodies. I have. Obviously, they weren't the ones that were looking. Haven't you ever had that experience? I had that old story I always tell of Uncle Fred. Because I liked the guy a lot. He used to give me money at you know relatives' parties when I was nine, eight nine. And I saw him. My mother took me to the funeral. He died. And when I went to the casket, I looked in. 
I got a look at Uncle Fred, and it was a strong hit. That ain't Uncle Fred, you know? My little nine-year-old mind got a big free sample. That ain't Uncle Fred. I was thinking the scene was Uncle Fred's scene, because I thought I was Paul as this. So when I, when I sense life happening, or consciousness happening, I thought it must be the body. It's Fred that's doing it. Fred's seeing, hearing, feeling. But when Fred was there as a body and nothing else was in there, it was obvious he was never the seer. And you could take an eye out of his dead body and put it in a live body, and that eye would see again. It would facilitate vision. But in that dead body of Fred's, it was never going to see again, ever. Yeah? So what we're seeing? Consciousness? Fred? Find out. Thank you.